Maruti True Value. Maruti True Value. You familiar with that? Maruti True Value. For those of you who are not from around here, Maruti is our 80% market share of the... Is it still 80%? It's going down. It? it is going down. Yeah. The car market, and uh, they have the used and abused car section. Oh, pre-used car section, correct. And uh, you go to the Maruti True Value, and you take your bucket of bolts to them, and you... <laughs> And you, and you ask them what the value of your car is. And there is, an, there is a great revelation, uh, an eye-opening of uh, uh, a new appreciation or a depreciation. Because you had this estimation of your car as being, let's say, two or three lakhs. Okay? And you walk, in, you walk out of that department going like that. <laughs> and they have just truly estimated your car to be actually uh, 70,000 rupees. And what happens with true value is they give you a re-estimation of what you thought was a higher estimate. They re-estimate that and give you what is their true value. And sometimes that is required and it is only, it is only possible if it, is, if it is compared to a reference point. If it's compared to a reference point of another value. Of another value. And by that comparison, by that reference, you are able to estimate the true value of the car. In our accomplishments in life, and today's message is entitled Joy in Our Accomplishments, in the Joy series. In our accomplishments in life, joy, accomplishments are something we all move after, we, we, we crave after. We, in, in our Indian community, we, we worship our career. Everybody's talking about career. Everybody's talking about accomplishing something. By the time the kid is three years old, what are you going to become when you grow up? What you, and the poor three-year-old is supposed to answer that. My answer was very simple. My answer, when I grow up, I want to be big. <laughs> and I'm a smashing success. <laughs> I only had to eat. <clears throat> So when you, by, by the time the three or four, we're like, what do you want to become? What, and everything is being pushed towards that. We have placed it at a very high estimate. At a very high estimate. And I want to place something before you, before I go on. We're not putting down any accomplishments. We're not putting down anything, lest you be offended. We're not saying that accomplishments in this world are wrong. But what we're saying is, if God were to offer you an accomplishment that you could have never done on your own, if God were to make possible that something that was impossible before, but it would require you to consider all other accomplishments as annulled in, in worth, in value, this accomplishment would far supersede in terms of passion and enthusiasm and craving after and worship, if there was an accomplishment that God would offer you, would, would require your whole life to be seen as almost without value, without value, so that you may gain after that, would you do it? Would you do it? You can't have it. You can't have it. You, it's not possible. But if it were made possible, if it were offered to you, would you drop everything? Would you revalue everything? Would you recalibrate? Would you remeasure? Would you look completely differently at the way your current life 
is. We're in Philippians chapter 3. We're looking at the autobiography of the apostle Paul. And he's talking about how he sees his life and his accomplishments. And today we're talking about joy in our accomplishments. We're talking about joy because God wants to release joy into your lives. He wants to give you his joy. But joy is a character of God. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is something that is born out of the Spirit's presence. Therefore, no spirit, no. See, I lost you. You're all looking for Philippians in the Old Testament. And that, I, that's where the problem is. What, now I've forgotten what I was saying. No spirit, no. The joy. So it's, it's impossible to have the joy of God without being in a relationship with God. It's not something he gives to you. It's something that he himself produces by his sheer presence in your life. Get that about joy. Get that about joy. It's not that he gives you joy. He is joy. He, he, he bears joy. It's like being with a happy person all the time. You know, it's like being with a happy When girls say, I want to marry a guy with a sense of humor. You know what they're talking about. They haven't smiled in years. So they want somebody who will keep them smiling. It's dangerous. And guys are like, oh, I have a sense of humor. And they crack the stupidest joke. Anyway, the <laughs> joy is something that God's character in you uh, releases. And God wants to do that. So while you were looking for Philippians chapter 3, that was a recap of what this whole series is about. It's online if you want to go catch the previous ones. Are you there? We're reading chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. I technically only want to look at one phrase, one uh, verse. However, I just want to read the whole passage so that we're in context. Furthermore, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Chapter 3, verse 1. It is no trouble for me to write to you the same things, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, the circumcision, we who serve God by His Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumstance on the eighth day. Of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But, but, whatever where gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing value, surpassing worth, greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things and I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God in the, on the basis of faith I want to know Christ yes to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his suffering becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead I trust you found the, you caught the emphasis on certain verses, uh, words and uh, phrases. Let's pick it up as we move. The greatest accomplishment in our life is knowing Christ. Paul figured that out. And Paul said that if you think that in the flesh 
If you think that in your accomplishments, in your strength, all of your accomplishments put together, if you think that you got a way into heaven, you got a foot in heaven first, I'll beat you to it. I will beat you to it. He says, you take any area, anything that you could have done in the flesh, I will beat you to it. He was that competitive, that accomplished, that full on. And he was like, having done all that, towards the end of his life in the prison epistles, sitting and reflecting on his life, he says, there's only one thing that was really, really on top of everything else. In fact, it so surpasses all other values that everything else is like junk compared to the one true value, one great accomplishment of my life. And he says, to that, I commit my life. To that, I commit my life. And that's what I want you and I to understand what it meant for Paul, having been such an incredible success in his earthly life, having accomplished all of these things and been all those, all of those things to want to put it behind him and f- leaving all, forgetting all, hang on, grab on, pursue the one thing that God had made possible for him in Christ Jesus, knowing Christ, knowing Christ. Let's begin from the beginning right there. Furthermore, my brothers and sisters, he says, I'd love to write to you again and again. There's no bother because it's good for you. And then he says, watch out, watch out. for If you want to remember today's sermon, let me give you three words. One is watch. One is reconsider and one is revalue. Watch, reconsider and revalue. Um, Watch out. Watch out for those dogs. Remember, I'm just scanning here. I want to get to the main verse that I want to talk about, which is uh, down um, the passage there. But I do want to just not miss out on anything. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers and those mutilators of the flesh. Three things. So he's talking about false teachers. He's talking about those who give you a false estimate of accomplishment. Say that again. False teachers are those who give you a false estimate, teach you wrong doctrine, they give you a false estimate of what it means to follow Christ, what it means to uh, enjoy Christ, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. So your estimation is wrong and therefore you miss the mark. And usually, usually what it is, is uh, it's very easy to pick up a wrong doctrine. It is Jesus plus something. Jesus plus something. So you got Jesus, and then he says over and above Jesus, tradition, methodology, uh, another belief, another person, another relationship, another effort. Are you with me? Are you with me? So whenever there's Jesus plus something, you can be sure there's a wrong doctrine in there. Whenever there's Jesus plus a particular experience, Jesus plus, plus a particular uh, uh, leader or relationship or a, or a book, anything, it is, it, that's where it's wrong. But look at the words Paul uses for those who teach wrong doctrine, for those who mislead people, the dogs. Beware of the dogs. Now, in the Indian Hindi context, you know, it just sounds really uh, kuta. You know, it's very, it is, even here is derogatory, but it's not what the Indian Hindi and whatever, it's not that same meaning. It seems, it has more to do with, within the context of them talking about the others, the Gentiles. So you would have these people who thought of themselves as special and they would refer to the others, the ones who come to for the crumbs off the table, those as dogs. And Paul is using it from their perspective, calling them dogs because they are teaching them the wrong doctrine. They are teaching them the wrong experience of what it means to follow Christ. Dogs. Number two, he says evildoers. He equates false teaching with evildoers. Number three, mutilators of the flesh. The word mutilator and the word circumcision are very similar in the original Greek. 
very similar. And he's playing with these two words. One is circumcision and one is uh, mutilation. And he's saying that what you think is circumcision is actually just mutilation because in your heart you're not really circumcised. But then he goes to say for, that key word for, we are the true circumcision. We are the ones. Look at the verse please. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 11, quoting from another uh, epistle. He says, in him, who? Who's him? In Jesus. In him, you were also circumcised in putting off the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. Okay? So he says, first of all, I want you to remember who we are. Who we are. Because if you don't remember who we are, if you forget who we are, you will fall for the wrong doctrine. You listen to these. So you've got to watch out, and you've got to watch out by remembering who we are. Four ways to remember who we are. Number one, we are the true circumcision. Those of us who have been set apart in our hearts, set apart from ungodly living, set apart from the worldly living, from worldly values, worldly sense of accomplishment, Set apart for him and for his task. We are the circumcision. We didn't do that. Christ did it. Are you with me on number one? Okay, number two. Number two. You worship by the Spirit. Look at what he says there. For it is we who are the circumcision. We who serve God by his Spirit. So serve or worship either way. We who serve God by his Spirit. We do things by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We are led by his power and his work in his character in us. Number three, you boast in Christ. You boast in Christ. Because when we have an accomplishment, we give glory to Jesus. When we do something great, when we do something right, when we do something well, we give glory to Jesus. In fact, the greatest accomplishment in our life isn't, isn't even what we did. It is what Jesus has done for us. And that we boast in. And Paul says, I boast in the cross. I boast in the cross because the greatest accomplishment in my life, for my life, is actually what Jesus has done for me. So I boast more in that than I boast in myself. Number three. Number four. Number four. Who put no confidence in the flesh. And that's what I want to talk about for the rest of our time here. Who put no confidence in the flesh. The word flesh has several meanings. One is flesh as in meat meat flesh yeah and the second meaning is you are sitting here in the flesh and number three would be human experience in the flesh in human ability in human experience in human capability so this is the meaning that Paul is injecting into this context into this passage he's saying we don't put any confidence in our human physical abilities in what man can do we put it in what god can do it's very easy to put the confidence in the flesh there are several reasons why one would put confidence in the flesh and he says those of you who think you have reasons to put confidence in the flesh i'll beat you to it i'll beat you to it you can think of ritualism circumcised on the eighth day i beat you to it nationalism of the nation of israel the people of god chosen Elitism of the tribe of Benjamin. Religionism, Hebrew of the Hebrews. Legalism of the Pharisees. Enthusiasm, I persecuted the church. I took on the church. The traitor movement against the Roman Empire and the, the then 
faith system. I took him on. I put them in jail. You can't beat me to it. On all counts, academically, professionally, spiritually, religiously, I beat it to it. He says, but that's not the point. We don't put any confidence in the flesh. But I want to, <laughs> I just want to make this clear. He did it. He was at the top of his game. He did accomplish. And having done that, he is now saying, I value it less. I don't put any confidence in it because I have a greater value in my life. Did you get that? Did you get that? So it's not, it's not like some people who say, no, I don't value career, so I'm not going to get a job only. I don't value all these high ambitious things, so I'm not ambitious. I don't need to work hard because I just want to follow Jesus. Every moment of my life, I just want to look at Jesus, follow. That is too you fooling. No, no, that's, that's not true. That's not happening. That's not real. The fact of the matter is that Paul worked hard. He did well. He was on top of his game. And then he says, having done all of that, I focus on Christ. I focus on Christ. I have accomplishments. Later you'll see what was profit to me. It was a profit. What was profit to me, I consider loss. Are you with me so far? Okay. So number one, you've got to watch out. Uh, number two, you've got to reconsider, reconsider, revalue, revalue. He says there's reasons we put confidence in the flesh, legalism, religion, uh, elitism, etc., etc. But what I want to do is I want to think of it differently. I have these things in my life, but they are no more what used to be a gain. They are no more a gain to me. I consider them a loss. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Verse 7. Verse 7. That's when everything begins to change its value. It's not that it doesn't have value in and of itself. A great career. I want to be an IAS officer. I want to be a... Uh, civil service officer, I want to go into the IFS, I want to work with the government, I want to go into politics, I want to go into business, I want to uh, be a doctor, I want to be an engineer, I want to teach, I want to go, I want to uh, fix the education system of India. None of those accomplishments are a poor accomplishment. There is no high accomplishment in India that he, in, in, in the world that Paul is saying is of no value. He says, what was profit to me? But then the key word is, I consider. I mean, if, he says it three times, so you've got to take it seriously. Three times, he says, I consider, I consider, I consider. So it has to do with what? Perspective. It has to do with perspective. So you want to reconsider what you once estimated very highly, reconsider it in the light of another value. And that value then dictates, informs, tells you what this really is worth. Are you with me? That's when it really becomes nothing. Because when you look at our country, you look at our culture, we worship our careers. We worship, there's a largely Indian audience, we worship our careers. We, from the time the kids, we tell them, we tell them. Every decision that parents seem to make seem to be about the career first, career first, career first. Is that wrong? That's not wrong. It's not wrong. But when we talk about Paul saying, I did it and I did it well, but then I want now to give my whole life to knowing Christ. There's something about that value that then describes and informs every other value in my life. 
And when you see believers, those who claim to be followers of Jesus, claim to be disciples of Jesus, so worshipping these estimates, these values, so highly estimating what Christ himself or Paul does not value, and you begin to wonder whether they even have an actual estimate of Christ himself. But that's a negative way of looking at it. Let's look at it positively. Let's look at it positively. Paul says, having done all of that and accomplished all of that, I have come to the conclusion that for that, I'm willing to look at everything else as a loss. As a loss. So look at the next verse. He says, what is more, I consider everything loss compared, that's your key word, compared to the surpassing greatness, the surpassing worth. That's your new value. You know, you know what a value is? I keep using that word. In, in your Excel sheet, that number that's in there, that's a value. That's a, that's a certain value. And that value is, is, is referenced by other values. So every value has its worth only compared to another value. Ten. Wow. Hmm. Ten. Ten's a big number. Yes? One lakh. And in front of one lakh, ten is nothing. So only when you compare values. Number three, you've got to revalue. Revalue. And the way you revalue is by reconsidering. You rethink the way you see it. And the, the only way that's going to happen is if you've got your eyes set on Christ. He says, I want to know Christ. Let me read that for you and then we'll get back to you. But whatever was gained to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost things, I consider them garbage. I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own. That's what he says. And he says, I want to gain Christ. He says, I want to know Christ. And he says, I want to, uh, I want to uh, obey, obey Christ, becoming like him in his death. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to. Paul says that the greatest accomplishment of his life is knowing Christ. So I need to know what he means by knowing Christ. Because do you know Christ? Oh yes, we all know Christ. Do you want to know Christ? Yes, I would love to know Christ. Something else. Paul is saying, I want to, my whole life I'm ready to put on the hold so that I may know Christ. So he obviously means something more than that, doesn't he? He means, I want to know how he thinks. I want to know how he feels. I want to know how he acts. I want to know Everything about him and the way he acts because I am crucified with Christ, but I live. The life that I now live is his life. So the only way I'm going to live out his life is if I really, really know him well. I know how he would act. I know how he would work. I know how. So when I give myself my whole life to understanding how God, Jesus, would act in my life, work in my life, play out his plan in my life, that's when I'm pushing for the greatest accomplishment of my life. The, let me put it this way. The, Paul is saying the greatest accomplishment of my life will be getting Jesus' life in mind. To live out Jesus' life. To let his life be 
what governs my existence. That's a lifetime accomplishment. And he says, when it comes to that, I need to reconsider every other value. Please don't miss this. You're not going to be able to do that and also give great value to everything else because you can't worship both. You can't worship both. Whenever there's a Jesus and there's a problem. So he says, watch out. He says, reconsider. He says, revalue. He says, revalue. And as he closes, he says in verse 8 and verse 10, that I may gain Christ. These are the three things you and I need to do. What are you going to do about this sermon? What are you going to do about what God is asking you to do through this? Number one, I may gain Christ. That that becomes the greatest accomplishment, the greatest uh, reward of your life. Number t- verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. And number, uh, in, in number 10, again, you have num- the third one. He says, I want to become like him in his death. So you have Jesus who is God, who is God, he becomes a man, and then he goes to death. So in his identity, he goes from being God to being a man to being nothing. His name, Jesus, is rubbed in and buried in the soil to the point where he has become nothing. He's become a nobody. And God was so pleased with his obedience to the point of nobodiness. God was so pleased with him to the point of his nobodiness that he took him and made him not just somebody, but the greatest name that one day every knee on earth, above earth and under earth, one day will happen as God is his witness. Every knee will bow, every tongue will say it. Jesus is Lord. They will say it. And God will make them say it. Because Jesus did that. Paul is like, if that's what honors God, I'm going to do it as well. I want, to, I want to become what Jesus did. I want to become nothing in order that I may become something in Christ. I want to find a righteousness that is in Christ. I want to be found in Him something. Paul got it. Paul got it. But remember, there is no value. There is no value. That is correctly, real, true, estimated. There's no value that's truly estimated except in a reference point. It's only in comparison to what is really worth, true worth, that you can see your accomplishment. Paul was able to do that. Paul was able to do that. You're moving from Patel Nagar to Rajori Garden. The moving house, you get the you get the tempos, right? And you get all your uh, those laborers, the sweaty guys, you know, all filthy, sweaty, the stinky fellows. And you get them up and down the staircase, and you're moving all your stuff, and you're moving from where? Patel Nagar to Rajori Garden. And you are the big supervisor that day and you're going to come on get all the stuff that one by one they're picking up all the pillows and the pots and the plants and this and that and everything goes everything goes take that take that and then you're, you're looking around the house and the house is becoming emptier and emptier and as you look at each thing there, there, there's been stuff it's just junk it's been stored for billions of years 
billions of years. You just say, and then you're thinking, should we take that? Should we take that? Your wife turns to you, should we take that? What about that? No, no, we must take that. Let out, let out. Let out. Come on, everybody take, take everything. Everything. And you move this junk and then prayerfully replace it in the new house. Everything moves from here to there. Keep the dust in place because the years have... Are you with me? You take everything. Everything is of value because you're moving from Patel Nagar to Rajorigarh. But the UN, it offers you a contract for 20 years for a 20-year project and they invite you to come live in Switzerland with a furnished house a solid package of a salary, two cars, and everything paid for. All expenses taken care of for 20 years. And on arrival, you will be given your keys for the car and your keys for the house. And you don't need to bother about the thing. Here are your tickets in the mail. You are now moving from Patel Nagar to Switzerland. The whole move is different. Should we take that? Oh, <laughs> what about that picture? Auntie, auntie gave that picture. Chuck it. This is my, my mother's. I left it so many years. We've had it. We moved five houses. No, chuck it. And one by one by one, what was of great estimate in moving to Rajori Garden is of very low estimate in moving to Switzerland. Take with you that very feeble illustration of what it does to your estimation when you have a higher point of reference, when you have a greater point of reference. Paul, who accomplished more than you and I could ever in our lifetime, comes to the conclusion that at the end, only following Christ, because it has been made available to him, knowing Christ and making that the greatest accomplishment is what gives you joy in all the other accomplishments. See, what you worship must give you joy. God gives joy. When you worship one lower estimate, that will not give you joy. But when you worship the one that is worthy of your worship, he gives you joy in the lower estimates, in the lower values. He gives you joy in your job. He will give you joy in your accomplishments. So your accomplishments on earth are not of any value. They are not of no value. They are of some value, but they are nothing compared to. And that perspective is what will fill your life with joy. As you understand, joy in accomplishments. I'm Jeremy Dawson and if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.